Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball, and today we're going to talk about SEO. And I know you think we've talked about it a lot, but the field keeps changing and there are different approaches. And so I'm really excited to have Meg Casebolt here today. She's the founder of Love at First Search, and she's the host of Social Slowdown Podcast. And she's going to talk to us about SEO. She loves to help businesses spend less time trying to hack the algorithms and instead create SEO content that attracts your ideal client to your website, helping entrepreneurs cut their dependency on social media for their business visibility. Meg, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lorraine. I'm so excited to be here with you today. This is going to be so much fun because as I was reading your bio and reading your show notes, I'm thinking she's speaking my language. She's totally on the same page with me. So let's start with some easy questions, maybe some myths that people struggle with and make those mistakes. Sure. So so I think one of the things that people struggle with, with the idea of search engine optimization, I think there are two big myths that we can bust really quickly here. The first is that it's incredibly complex and you need to have an expensive team come in to fix your website for it. And the second is that you have to produce boatloads of content, like pants loads of content in order to be <laughs> successful. And I just want to come out and be the first to say like, neither of those things is true. You don't need an expensive team. You don't need to blog every day, every week. You don't like there are, there are things that used to be required in SEO. Um, but now with the way that Google has changed what it's looking at and all the different options available in terms of search engines you could pursue, like it doesn't have to be that hard. You just have to be super, super clear about who you serve and how you help them. Okay. So I'm excited. I'm not going to hire somebody really expensive to do my work and I'm not going to make myself crazy. So now I've got all this free time and money. What am I going to do? What should I do to really get the most out of the content time I am creating. Sure. So the first thing is, again, to be clear about who you're talking to. In our case, before we started recording this, you said, you know, we're working with business owners who are really strapped for time. And so the way that you're creating your content in these 10 minute snippets that they can listen to while they're busy, this isn't something they have to sit down and read. This isn't something that they have to watch on YouTube. You know, you've particularly chosen the media format of a podcast because you know that people can listen to it on the go. Or if you're like me, like one point, for speed, right? Like these are busy people and you're creating with them in mind. Um, the other thing that you can do is after you've created something, figure out what's working about it. There are a lot of tools in the search space that can help you see exactly what people are already looking for. You know, you have 800 episodes of your podcast. There's a tool called Google Search Console that you can go into that will tell you what every single one of those show notes is showing up for in search results. And you can take a look and see what's already working for you in terms of what's on your website. Awesome. Okay, so I can look at what's already working. Are there things I can do that help me repurpose, reuse some of what I've already created once I figure out, oh, this episode, my conversation with Meg was fabulous. I want to get the most benefit from that. Absolutely. So the first thing you can do is take what you've already created. If you have a, a blog post or a podcast or you know a sales page or something like that and do more with it. 
That might mean updating old content, that might mean recognizing what some of those phrases are that people are already looking for, and just kind of leaning more into it, amplifying what's already in your content so that way people can find it more easily. And then once you start to see some themes of things that are showing up, which may be you know, themes that you're seeing in your data, in that, that Google Search Console data about what people are looking for, or it may be, you know, in your case, you've got so many podcasts, maybe you look at the different categories in your podcast and you notice that people are more likely to listen to things in a certain category. You could just take, let's say that you have 20 episodes that you've created on the topic of, I'm just going to go with search engine optimization, <laughs> what we're talking about here. And you could create a guide that is just, here's everything you need to know about search engine optimization for business owners, right? And link those 20 episodes that you've already created into that comprehensive guide. We call that cornerstone content in the SEO space because apparently people in SEO have to come up with fancy names for very basic terms just to confuse people. <laughs> That actually is brilliant because the, the nice thing about a cornerstone page is if three months from now I create additional content, I can go back and link that to the cornerstone as well. And so I continue to add more information to that core page. Yes. And then you can go into all of those, you know, 20 episodes of the podcast, go into the show notes and say, if you want to learn more about this topic, check out our guide. And that way people who are landing on one page have a chance to go deeper and to understand that you are an expert on this topic and that you have all these resources compiled and ready for them to go. You know, you're working with really busy business owners. They don't have time to dig through all 800 episodes, right? But if you can say, Hey, this is a topic that you're interested in. Here's the 20 here. Here's what you kind of, here's the, the Cliff's Notes versions of these episodes all in one place. Um, they are able to then go through and binge that existing content to trust your authority on that topic. Plus that ultimate guide or what, whatever we want to call it, the comprehensive guide, the SEO 101, whatever you want to call it, that ranks better for that term because all of those posts are linking to it and because we're using that term and we have this really you know thoughtful and well thought out guide without needing to create much new of anything because you've already recorded the podcast you already have the keywords like you have these assets that are probably sitting on your website or somewhere in your email potentially you haven't even published them yet you have these assets let's go build them into something awesome you know, I like to give this metaphor of like when you're building a wall, you build all the bricks first and then you take the bricks and you build them into something larger that's stronger than each of those individual pieces. Absolutely. That is such a great strategy because it uses content that you have. It allows you to really focus on things your audience, the human beings really care about. And then you also have an opportunity to keep the search engines happy because yes. you're making it easy for them. And so it's a win, win, win. Totally. The search engines really want to give the most comprehensive, thoughtful, you know, information that's out there. And if you can give the supporting evidence that you do in fact know what you're talking about, whether that's links from your own site or links out to other respectable sites around the internet, Google loves seeing that sort of well-cultivated content on your website. When you talk about links and it's, you know, the, the inbound links and the outbound links, I always like to say to people that you're judged by the company that you keep. 
Yes. Who links to you and who do you link to? And so by kind of creating that cross purpose, you really are saying to Google, hey, not only do I know what I'm talking about, but I hang out with other smart people. Absolutely. You know, sometimes the internet is just one big prom, you know, voting competition. It's just a popularity contest. And that's what link building is. It's who you know, it's who you can get a link from, it's who you want to link to. It's a gesture of goodwill also is if you can both allow people to go deeper into your own content vault, but also to be able to support people that you trust and that you know are doing a good job. Awesome. So is there something else that I can do to create more leads. Everybody talks about SEO, but SEO is not the end. The end game is getting leads. Correct. A lot of my clients would complain that they had a loyal customer base, but they couldn't seem to get found by new folks. I think my approach to this is to make sure that every page of your site, every post, every piece of content that you're creating is pointing to some way that you can continue to serve, that you can extend the conversation with whoever is finding you. Um, I, you know, I've been married for over a decade at this point, so I don't really know all the online dating rules. Um, but, you know, I think about Tinder being a place where people can swipe left or swipe right when they make their decision. And SEO is just a way to get people to swipe so that they can discover you. And then it's up to your website to get that first date. So think of everything that you are pointing, of every way that people are finding you is an on-ramp into a greater conversation. Typically, for most of us, this is either getting people to fill out your contact form if they want to work with you and making sure that it's well-linked from every single page of your site, or having an appropriate lead magnet based on the topic of what you're creating in your content. We actually like to do it the other way. <laughs> I'll have our clients send us a list of every lead magnet that they already have, and then we'll reverse engineer what the content needs to be. What are the steps that need to happen before you get to that lead magnet, to that email sequence? You know, What are the things that people have questions about that you can then answer their questions in an email marketing format? Fabulous. Meg, I could chat with you forever, but I know you don't have time. I don't have time. And I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners have to get back to running their business. So we're going to put a pin in it here. And I'm going to encourage people, if Meg has piqued your curiosity, be sure to check out loveatfirstsearch.com as well as her podcast, socialslowdown.com. Meg, thanks for being a part of the show. It was my pleasure, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you would like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out the links to the digital toolbox. You'll find white papers, worksheets, and so much more to grow your business. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks.